Welcome to the Fire Church Podcast. Today we pray Holy Spirit will speak through this message and into your life right where you are. Well, welcome to church. Uh, in particular, if it is your first time here today, we want to welcome you. We are going to touch on um, our annual subject on miracle offering, uh, the what we also term as provision for the vision. Last week, we shared on the vision for the year, Revival Now. Amen. Revival Now. Who's excited to and hungry to see God move in a demonstration of power like we've never seen before? Yes, Revival Now. You know, sometimes we, we come with these words and, and we, we um, take it lightly. And last year, um, Pastor Dan felt for the region of Queensland, in particular Sunshine Coast, their word will be promised land. Ours here in Victoria was wholehearted. So I just saw in a post recently that word promised land, God fulfilled that they would possess and take on land. And on this date, the 12th of February, you can look this up. You can fact check me on Facebook. 12th of February, 2021, exactly two years ago, we launched our, our first pre-launch gathering where we called upon uh, saints in the area of Sunshine Coast who perhaps don't have a spiritual home to come and see and hear the vision of what God has in store for the Sunshine Coast through Fire Church, through the leadership of Pastor Daniel, Pastor Chelsea, before we sent them off. And if you guys don't know who they are, they are the founders of, of uh, Fire Church, called to go to uh, a very hard part of Australia called Queensland, where the sun shines and the, the beaches are nice. But they're in need of God in that area. And there was a prophetic word that what God, what God will do in our church up there, what many churches would dream of, even including us, what would normally take 10 years will be accomplished in two years. So we're coming up to our 10-year anniversary this May 14. And we've got an exciting lineup of speakers, so much so that we felt we need to do it justice and spread it across a Friday Saturday and a Sunday, and we're also looking for a bigger venue to rent out, which will be part of the miracle offering giving today. But within two years, that prophetic word has come true. This campus, Victoria, we have four campuses. We've signed on this lease. Let's have a temporary mindset here. We're not fixed here. Let's look forward to what God has next because evidently we need more room. But they've just signed on, and they're launching today in their own new building. They've got four campuses in Queensland. They've got their own building now, similar size to this, on a main road, on main road highway with a sign, and isn't God good? Within two years, God was able to accomplish what would normally take us 10 years. He deserves praise. Amen. So we honor them. We support them from afar. And, uh, you know, we gathered recently all the Queensland Victorian pastors uh, for Ignite Gippsland two weeks ago now. And I said, you know, last week, these words that we have for the year doesn't expire 31st of December. We had for one year the word family and army. And when we gathered, we known these people online, but for the very first time seeing each other in person, it was instantly that feeling of family and army. We have some amazing pastors in Queensland, here in Victoria too. But what an honor to really do God's work amongst family and army. Amen? Amen. Amen. So welcome to our new visitors. Please uh, be inspired, take notes and things like that as well. But just know um, there's no 
expectation or anything like that. Just sit and receive when it comes to um, the subject of giving today. But I love this subject. In studying this, it really started to spur my spirit and get me excited because I know what it's done in my own life, in my wife's life, and many of you in this church. And later to this morning, um, some of you will be sharing your testimony as well. It's the goodness of God on display. When we put our trust, our hope in Him, in the subject of finances. And why do we talk about this? Uh, Realistically, we only touch on this subject in a sermon type of forum once a year. And, and perhaps we're not doing it enough justice. Yes, we talk about giving every week. But let me explain to you why maybe perhaps we should talk about it more. Did you know that there are more than 500 verses in the Bible concerning prayer and nearly 500 verses concerning faith? But there are more than 2,000 verses on the subject of money, possessions, and stewardship. Jesus talked about money in 16 of his 38 parables, almost half. So clearly from a Bible standpoint, we need to understand money and how to handle it. Because money is actually a test from God. Some of you may recall Malachi 3 verse 10, where God says to bring the tithes into the storehouse and test me in this. It's actually... Not right to test God except for one area in Scripture, and it's around the subject of finance. So we, we are tested by God when it comes to stewarding and, and uh, you know, just, just managing the resources that He gives us. But we also have a biblical right to test God Himself in this subject. And many of you, who knows Matthew 6.33? Won't you say it out loud if you're not? Say it out loud. But seek first. Very good. Who knows? Luke 12, verse 29 to 31. Hey? And do not seek what you should eat or what you should drink, nor have an anxious mind, for all these things the nations of the world seek after, and your Father knows that you need these things. This is a very similar part now. Verse 31. But seek the kingdom of God, And all these things shall be added to you. Right? Very similar to Matthew 6.33, but I love this part. Verse 32. Do not fear. I 100% believe as we explore this subject this morning and as we take it on board within our spirits and then act on the Word of God, who knows the Bible says that faith without works is dead. As the body is without the spirit, so faith without works is dead. Faith works, they aren't mutually exclusive, they go hand in hand. So as we take this on board today, I love this in verse 32, do not fear, I sense God is going to break fear around the subject of money, do not fear, little flock for, everyone say this with me, for, it is your father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. Did you know it is God's good pleasure, our Father in heaven, to give you the kingdom? What is the kingdom? Righteousness, peace, and joy. In the Holy Spirit, amen. In, in uh, God's kingdom, in heaven, you know, we pray on earth as it is in heaven. In heaven, is there ghettos? Is there crime? 
Is there lack? Is there poverty? Uh -uh. But God is that good that He says it is His good pleasure to give you His kingdom. Any dads in the house? Does it give you pleasure to, to uh, I don't know, to just withheld good things from your kids just because you can? That's not the nature of God. As a good dad, you want to bless, look after your kids, surprise them here and there. And it's our good pleasure to provide and, and give good things to our own children. How much more our perfect Heavenly Father. Amen. Let's turn to Luke 16, verses 10 to 13, as we go there. For some of you who are new to Fire Church and uh, you've never experienced miracle offering with us before, um, some of the areas in which we give, every year we give a percentage to a local community work. In the past, we've given to uh, the Babes Project for mums who've decided not to go ahead with an abortion, but actually raise up their child, and, and they offer great support in, in giving practical help, in giving counselling, guidance as well, nappies, prams, strollers, baby cots, and all that kind of stuff. So we, we donate a portion of what we get through our miracle offering. We've donated to uh, local food banks and things like that, and we're just praying uh, who do we give to this year as well. On top of that, we've also felt last year we gave to Awakening Europe and Ben Fitzgerald's team with uh, the victims of the war in Ukraine, where we sent um, thousands of dollars in aid, which helped purchase some practical needs for people's um, hygiene, sleeping needs, and so forth. But I love partnering with Awakening Europe because they are fiery evangelists who don't just administer practical help, but they also introduce people to a relationship with Jesus. Please correct me if you have the right number, but I believe it's roughly about 18,000 people that was led to the Lord. Could be more. This year, we felt to, uh, I got a call from Pastor Dan this morning that we're going to partner again with Awakening Europe. Um, with all that's happened in Turkey and Syria, the, the massive earthquakes there, the death tolls of, it's about 6,000 plus now. How much? 25. 25. Oh my gosh, 25,000. Goodness. Um, that as of tomorrow, Ben Fitzgerald and the Awakening team are going to send a team of 15 people as a scout mission to find out what are the needs and things like that. And then Pastor Dan himself, not many of you may know that he is actually one of the directors of Awakening Europe. He'll be there next month as part of his Ignite the Dynamite book tour. So he's going to be going in. But we feel to partner with Ben Fitzgerald and the team again uh, to pr provide similar support and we, we are confident we know that the gospel will be preached in that Muslim nation too, that people will find hope beyond their circumstances, but hope for eternity as well. Amen. So that's where your giving goes. Your giving in the past has gone to very fruitful ground. It's gone to um, heavenly work. It's gone into people's eternities. And so we celebrate all that God has done. And uh, we, we look forward to what God will do again this year and more. Amen. Luke 16 verse 10 to 13 says this. Whoever can be trusted with very little can also be trusted with much. Whoever is dishonest with very little will also be dishonest with much. So if you have not been trustworthy in handling worldly wealth, who will trust you with true riches? And if you have not been trustworthy with someone else's property, 
Who will give you property of your own? No one, no one can serve two masters. Everyone say this with me. Either you will hate one and love the other, or you will be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. Now, some of you think, oh, don't be ridiculous. How, how can money be my God? How can money, uh, how can I serve money? Well, if you think about it, if you break it down, if you haven't really stepped into this area of trusting God with your finances in giving your tithes and your offerings, there is this element within you, and I can relate because I, I was once like this as a believer who didn't tithe, who didn't give offerings, just gave my pocket money or my spare change after I paid my mobile phone bill, some of my student fees and things like that, that money was actually my Lord. I was dictated by the fear of money. Oh, if, if I let go too much, uh, I won't have enough. If I give to God, I won't have enough. You know, I, over the years, I, I found that those who tithe have this language, I'm blessed. And those who don't tithe, I, I say with love, often would say, I can't afford to tithe. There's a big difference. And God is true to his word when it comes to money. He says, test me in this. Bring your tithes and your offerings into my storehouse and see that I will not throw open the windows of heaven and pour out a blessing you can't contain. He says, bring to me your tithes. Bring to me the tithes. The verse before uh, verse 10 says, uh, you have, let's go there actually, let's go there early. I know I've lined it up for later, Daniel, but if you can help me out, just since I unpack that now for, for a minute. Malachi 3, verse 9 says this, is this all right? Verse 8, let's go. Will a man rob God? Yet you have robbed me. But you say, in what way have we robbed you? In tithes? Does everyone say tithes? What is the tithe? It's 10% what we earn. And offerings. What is an offering? It's over and above. In your tithes and offerings. You are, just not, don't, don't stone me. It's not my words. You are cursed with a curse, for you have robbed me, even this whole nation. Then we know that verse 10. Bring all the tithes into the storehouse that there may be food in my house and try me or test me now in this, says the Lord of hosts, if I will not open for you the windows of heaven and pour out a blessing by which you cannot contain. I love this in verse 11. And I will rebuke, everyone say rebuke, the devourer for your sakes so that he will not destroy the fruit of your ground nor shall the vine fail to bear fruit for you in the field, says the Lord of hosts. Father, I pray that you just help me speak this word to break any fears right now around the subject of money. And Lord, let us see this subject in view of worship, in view of stewardship, and doing it, doing it with excellence and understanding, Lord, that we live from an eternal perspective, that this life is short, and we look forward to eternity with you and the rewards you have for your beloved, in Jesus' mighty name. And everyone said, amen, amen. It says, do not rob God. How do we rob God? By not bringing to him our tithes 
and our offerings. Offerings is a free will. Tithes is what God enables you to earn, to receive, and that actually belongs to the Lord. I think Lee touched on it a little bit um, this morning, but in in the Old Testament, what they gave as a sacrifice was animals. And it says in Exodus 13, you can look this up, set apart for me the firstborn. The firstborn is always the Lord's. When it comes to our, our finances, our wealth, the first tenth is his. In fact, if you want to go deeper than that, the Bible says in Psalms that the earth is the Lord's and everything in it. Does everything include your bank account? Does everything include your sneaker collection, your hat collection? Everything. Everything is the Lord's. He just entrusts us for a short moment of time with material things. And material things and money in itself is not evil. Don't misquote scripture. Money is not evil. But the love of money, the Bible says, is the root of all evil. Is the root of greed. Is the root of cheating someone out of a deal. Is the root of doing shady deals and and, and, uh, shady handshakes. It's the root of all evil. The love of money. But God understands the importance of money and the importance of stewarding this this, uh, tool to either bless you or if if you uh, choose to do so, to be withheld from that blessing from God, if I may say. Um, Just a little joke. Uh, I was listening to Bill Johnson just studying this subject a little bit. And he had a funny grandpa that uh, was just a, a, a generous giver. And he had just these funny sayings. And he loved salt. Every time that they're at a restaurant, he'd be pouring his salt. I mean, shaking the salt. He loved his salt that much. And he goes, ah, it's just a tither. And he asks his grandpa, what do you mean that's just a tither? He only gives what it has to. <laughs> I, 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 I love the, the fact that we can actually talk about this openly. And um, the reason why is I, I, I recall on the years where God has been so good and so faithful, where God has stretched me in this area of my faith. You know, Paul talks about um, you have many gifts, but I, w- I pray that you would also excel in the gift of giving, that this can actually be a gift that you can partake of. And, and Paul's prayer and my prayer is that you would excel in this gift. And like you said to the church in, in, uh, in Philippi, in the book of um, Philippians, it says, it's not that I look for the credit in my account, but I look for the fruit that will abound in your account, for the credit that is due in your account. God is not in need of your money. Understand that He owns the earth and everything in it. He, the Bible also says, to emphasize this point, He owns the cattle on a thousand hills. There's a thousand steak restaurants he can have if he wanted, just like that. He owns the cattle on a thousand hills. He's not, he's not poor. He's not in lack. But what he's after when he comes in with his subject is your heart. Is your heart fully trusting God with your wealth, with your finances, knowing that when you give to God, it's actually demonstrating worship. It's demonstrating lordship and it's demonstrating your trust. And so my 20 years, I, I, the Lord showed me 
this year is very marking you for me. I journaled, and I encourage you, if you, uh, when, you when you've given your life to God, journal the date, the moment, the time, all that happened. And I remember vividly July 16, on a Wednesday night, at a youth and young adult night at my old church, I gave my heart to God 2003. I'm 20 years born again this year. July 16, 2023, I'll be 20 years old in the Lord, and just so happens to fall on a Sunday. Amen. So I'll be preaching. I want to throw my own birthday party. You're, you're all invited. For all my Filipino brothers and sisters, I think I'll, I'll order a lechon, a big spit roast pig. And let's just have a feast and let's pack out the place with uh, lost uh, people and, and go after it. Amen. In my 20 years with God, I've seen his goodness. I've seen his blessing, his provision. I've had him challenge me, stretch me from when I was a baby Christian, trying to save up for a honeymoon, a full-time Bible college student, working part-time selling mobile phones with a fiancé who was looking for a job for three months without any success. The moment that I proposed to her on a Saturday night, February 13, 2010, on the Monday she gets a call and gets a job. The Bible says, He who finds wife finds a good thing and receives favor from the Lord. And all the single people said, Amen. Apply. Lee said, Apply it. Propose now. We've had a proposal. Where were you guys? Josiah and um, I think I saw you earlier. Natalie. Oh, no, here's one. That's okay. Um, and, and saving up for this honeymoon. And, and the Lord said, In this conference I was at, would you trust me with your finances, with your honeymoon? 200 bucks is all I had. I gave it all away, and then within a week, I get a phone call from a family member and ask, where's your dream honeymoon? I said, oh, it's pretty out of reach. It's New York. See, our auntie in Boston, and then uh, LA and way home. I said, it's done. It's sorted. A poor public college student just gets a job. Within five months, we're married. Our dream wedding, and it is God. Throughout the years, God has stretched us in this area, and every year, uh, when it comes to this day, I've, I've already got my pledge. Um, I, I prayed and asked the Lord, and you can start praying now and ask, ask God, what is it that you want me to offer up as a sacrifice? Because I've seen you come through before. Last year, I tripled the um, usual amount that we give in a uh, miracle offering. And within the space of six months, I saw God bring back triple what we had put in. You know, um, husbands of the house, as the head of the house as well, can I encourage you, lead in this way. My wife has now learned to just trust me in this. I'll put, it, put down some crazy amounts, uh, you know, relative to our budget. And uh, she's just learned, you, you know, you can't outgive God. You literally cannot outgive God. He is not a debtor to man. And nor is he a man that should lie. So when he says that he will throw open the windows of heaven, he will, he will do that. You see, at the end of the day, God has this plan, this assignment for every one of us to participate in, that there is multitudes of people on the path to hell. The Bible says, wide and open is the road to destruction, but narrow is the gate to life. 
And where there is a multitude of people destined for hell, heading down that way, he's looking for people of God, his sons and daughters, who he can partner with to entrust them with kingdom resources to say, you know what, if I can trust you with this, I will entrust you with more if it's going towards his work. And I'm not just talking about giving to the church. There's many kingdom works that's happening in in the missions field, in food banks, in so many different initiatives, in in the Babes Project, that's run by Christians as well, in so many areas that brings the kingdom of heaven onto earth. Amen? And so I read there in, in Luke 16 verse 10, that if we can be trusted with worldly riches, we can be entrusted with true riches. What are true riches? True riches are riches money cannot buy. Example of true riches are the anointing of the Holy Spirit on Christians, good health, ability to get prayers, answered, gifts of the Spirit, talents and abilities, divine favor, honor that heaven bestows, eternal life, divine wisdom, ability to hear God's voice, understanding of scriptures, long life, a good name, generational blessings, and the list goes on. True riches are blessings we cannot purchase with money. You know, true riches also are a divine revelation. Divine revelation is a trade secret of the individual Christian. The more revelation you have, the more impact you will make. Who works in a workplace now, and, or you run your own business, or you're teaching classroom, or you're heading into your week with challenges, and you need divine revelation? Who needs divine revelation? It's true riches. As we are trusted with worldly riches, God entrusts us with true riches. He is not after a heart that is just in it for the money, that is just looking for the blessing and things like that. Hear me out. God is a good God and He wants to bless you. The Bible says, for you shall be the lender, not the borrower. You shall be the head and not the tail. I've been in moments in my life where I've received the help. But I thank God I'm now on the other side where we're able to provide the help. Amen. But he knows that money can also corrupt the heart. So when we give to God, it demonstrates that, Lord, I'm not going to hold so tightly to this. Who remembers the, the story of the rich young ruler? And he said to Jesus, what must I do to have eternal life? And Jesus said, do not steal, do not commit adultery. He lists off a few commandments, right? And the rich young ruler says, I have done all these things. And there's one thing that Jesus said. He just knew we had to cut straight through to the young man's heart. And he said, then go and sell all your possessions. Give alms to the poor. At that word, the young man wept and he cried and he walked away from the Lord. You got to understand that God knows exactly what to speak to us to break this fear, this, this uh, lordship of money. You can't, cannot serve both money and God. The problem isn't that the young man had wealth. The problem is wealth had him. Wealth consumed him. He held on to it tightly. He didn't realize it's actually all God's anyway. God knows the exact thing that he needs to say to us to help us let go, for us to live freely in this subject. Amen? 
True riches are secure. Whatever heaven bestows, it is able to keep. Satan testified about Job. Have you not made a hedge around him, around his household, and around all that he has on every side? Even Satan himself recognized the protection of heaven, and that protection is only lifted if God gives the command. Heaven built a hedge around Job's possession. Satan could not touch Job's Job's health, possession, and family unless heaven permitted it. Worldly wealth, on the other hand, can be easily lost. It can develop wings and fly away, as Proverbs 23 verse 5 says. Who's seen the the stock market, crypto in particular, go up and down? You can be a rich man one day and a pauper the next. I see some smiles in your face because you probably dabbled in it just as I have too. But wealth and money can disappear just like that. Just like that. But true heavenly riches are secure. Amen. So we, we come around this subject of giving and, and tithing. And when we understand the impact that it has, not just for our own self and our own well-being and our own family, but the impact that it has on God's kingdom to be able to advance here on earth, we start to live with an eternal perspective. I caught up with a, uh, our, our guy, David Ratcliffe, who's going to be speaking at our business breakfast, 68 years at um, his church, Numa Church. A great man of God who led, he was a kingdom businessman, he's got his computer business, consulting business, and he got assigned the missionary team. And he just thought in his natural mind, I'm going to leave the business world and go as a pastor for the missions team. And God said, no, I want you to stay in the business world and train up other kingdom business people to go out into the missions field to these third world nations where they are duped sometimes to work abroad overseas, promise all this money, but they hold on to their passports, they tax them heavily, and by the time they earn any money, it's basically equivalent to slavery. So rather than seeing these men go off and be away from their families, these kingdom business people are sent into the missions field to teach local people how to actually start your own business, to fail early, have a business plan, projections, costings, and then when they launch, they're at a better place than actually what they were without any mentorship. And they've seen many families blessed as a result and generations and kids shown the family trade as well. Amen. And most of all, the gospel preached as well. I felt from God this year that we're going to hit the missions field. I've already had prophetic dreams and three confirmations about a certain nation. And uh, it's no accident that I met David Ratcliffe at a 40th recently, and he's going to be our first speaker for the year. But I love that he, he gets this concept as well. It's, it's wealth with a purpose. It's kingdom finances with the end goal for souls and salvations and discipleship. Amen. That money in itself is not evil, but the love of money is the root of all evil. Amen. It actually says this. Did you know in Ecclesiastes, it actually says that money answereth for all things. It sounds like a very carnal saying, but who knows? Ecclesiastes is a book of wisdom. The reality is money does pay for a lot of things. Money pays for your petrol to get here. Money pays for the food. On your family's table, money pays for the roof over your head. 
The Bible says in the book of Ecclesiastes, do not be overly righteous. Why destroy yourself? Neither be a fool. Why die before your time? But a man who fears God will avoid both extremes. There is actually a healthy place for us to live in between overly righteous and saying, oh, money and people who are blessed and people with money, they're just carnal, they're worldly. That, that is inaccurate. Or we can be on the other extreme and say, um, give me, give me, give me. I want all the money that the world can offer. Give me, give me, give me, give me. But the man who fears God, the Bible says the fear of God is the beginning of wisdom and understanding. When we fear God, we know how God wants us to allocate His resources, where to put it. And I'm so, I'm just so excited for this year. I, I, I'm trying to buy my tongue. There is so much that we're planning in the background um, that we're, we're scouting a bigger venue that will potentially be our future home. Uh, this is for our 10th birthday. We're, we're waiting on, on phone calls to be returned. We're praying for different nations to hit. We're just excited to see what God's going to do. Amen. And I, I, I know that you are a part of this as well. Whether you're directly with us on the missions trip or with us indirectly through your partnership and your giving. Amen. Can I call upon um, Raghav and Kara? And also Nick and Lara. I just felt uh, this morning just to share some testimonies. The word testimony in Hebrew by definition means to do it again. Who loves hearing testimonies? It really fires up my spirit. When I gave every time that I've given to God, I'm, I'm literally spurred by a testimony. And sure enough, God does do it again. Amen. So for those who may not know uh, Nick, I think Lara's looking after the little one. Uh, here's Nick. Say hi to Nick, everyone. Hey, everybody. <laughs> Hello. And I've just asked Nick to share um, his, his story around this subject. Oh, man. Absolutely. Hi, everybody. I'm Nick, and the wifey there's Lara, and we've got two boys hovering around here somewhere. Um, so, yeah, I wanted to share bit about my story and particularly obviously around um, faithfulness and trusting God because I think that's kind of what it's all about. Um, I'll give you a couple of a couple of years ago uh, I, I, I had a solid job management you know had the big bucks it was all going great fantastic until all the wheels fell off the bus uh, and 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 yeah, I ended up quitting there and then, you know, got, a, got depressed and everything and just kind of, it, it was a bit of a hard time. And then at that time, we had our first son, Samuel, um, and that was, that was a really challenging time. And so then what I did is, is, is I, always saw, I always have this, this ethic of, 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 no, I've got to put myself out there and, and you know, try to find work and, and try to do something. I've got to keep on bringing the money in. Um, and I just pray to God, God, just, you know, I just pray for your provision. And, and it's really funny, I reflect on this time now, um, and there were over about two years, um, I got fired three times in different jobs for nothing that I've done at all, you know, hand on my heart, you know, I, I love God and I, I won't do anything which will um, make him feel any less about me, not that he could anyway, um, 
but I, I, I just always did the right thing there. And, and, you know, just after being fired a couple of times, um, all, God, I look now, it's easy to see now, though, God was there for me every time, you know, like never did that through that couple of years were we without, you know, and I'm always just praying to God, just asking for that provision. And it, it was always there, you know, whether it was just people coming up to me and saying, hey, uh, you know, I feel God saying you need some provision now, <laughs> you know, just, just something, always something happened along. And, and a little while ago, um, when we were here as well, at uh, the, I think it was the machine gun preacher guy was here, um, and and you know I thought God just say I, I, that what I do every week, sorry, is, is I just ask God, what do you want me to give today, Father? You know, and I just pray to Him and I ask Him, um, and He gives me a number. Sometimes it's a scary number because it's a really big number. Sometimes it's it's not much at all, which you know is cool as well. So it's whatever it is. So you know, with with that particular week, I I, I was saying to God, listen, you know, God. I don't have enough provision at the moment. I need, we need some more provision. Um, I need some provision, so I'm trusting you. Here's a heap of money, you know, just here you go. And what happens is, is amazing. It was a couple of days later, um, boss calls me into the office. I'm thinking, uh-oh, here we go. Uh, it gives me a huge pay rise. <laughs> you know, and it was just unbelievable, you know. And, and the, the amazing thing in that is, is it's not that by me just giving that, you know, God's blessed me because of that. It's because I'm trusting in him, you know, that he's got me and he's going to carry me. He knows my family. We all need to, eat, you know, need to roof over our head. He knows all this. He's a good father um, and he'll, he'll take care of all of you and he's taking care of us. So just trust in him, hey? <laughs> this is Raga from Curry, everyone. Hi, church. How you going? Um, just a quick uh, testimony um, around one of the testimonies around uh, offering, actually. Um, this was around the time of conference, and um, uh, one of the cool things that happened was the week leading up to conference, I was really um, in this... I had this thought in my head, uh, on my heart that I wanted to, you know so into that conference and see something reap out of it. And I was sort of like contemplating the whole week and I called Pastor Alex and I was just like, what's, is there a need? Is there something that we can do and stuff? And just um, Alex being Alex is like, oh, pray about it. And I was like, yeah, okay. Yeah, so like, yeah, cool, we go back and pray over it and stuff. And so this continued the whole week and the last day, um, the day of the conference, we were just like, Kara, um, Kara and I sat on the bed and we were like, we really need to decide. Um, and it was a really substantial amount for us um, and that we wanted to so, And so, um, yeah, so we both actually came to this. We prayed and we came to the exact same number. And that was like, uh, it, was, it was good enough. Like it was about uh, just under my uh, one, of, one paycheck. And so... So we were like, wow, this is big, but this is something we'd want to do. So um, the story is that, yeah, we did give that. And then, um, and you know how, like, you, you do something nice, you feel good about yourself, and you're like, hey, Jesus, I'll, I'll put my throne next to you, so sort of thing. Um, and then, <laughs> uh, yeah. so next thing I find out, just by, I think that was 9 o'clock in the morning, and but around, at 1 o'clock we got this around that time that someone this, now this has never happened in our life before but someone called and was like 
we're actually um, doing this to help you and we want to do this stuff. So, and they gave us some monetary help. Well, monetary help, I call it help, but yeah. But, um, and it was just almost the same amount I had given in the morning. And and it was I'm not even talking hundreds and stuff. It was it was really good amount and and we were just amazed and my sh- throne was shattered, right? And and the thing that God really taught me in that was he was just like, why did it take you a week to decide? I'm not trying to grow. Could I have not rained money over the conference if I just wanted it that way? I wanted to grow your character, and I wanted to. I wanted my son and daughter to know that they can trust me. And there's no amount, I'm not your debtor, and there's no amount that I cannot match and outdo you. And so, yeah, so that was something, it really grew us, it really grew our character, and now I think hopefully we will not doubt anymore. (laughs) So good, thank you guys. I've known Raga for years when he was a poor international student Struggling to make ends meet. We were all there at one point, weren't we? But I just see the blessing hand of God. One last testimony. I remember um, leading up to Awakening Australia, we saw hundreds of people get saved, transformed, delivered. But to rent out Marvel Stadium was not a cheap deal at all. And the moment that Ben Fitzgerald, who was visiting town, and he uh, cast a division at Fire Church in our old building, there was a couple... Uh, this was 2018 at the start, February. It was, very, it was a very rainy day. And so much so, they were rained out from a wedding. They're from a, a different church, a sister church we worked with before. But came to Fire Church for the very first time. They're meant to be a wedding, but it was rained out. They heard a vision. They felt within the spirit to give 100 grand uh, without hesitation to this couple. And they, they did it. Within a few weeks, they sold a property and you know what it's like if you're in real estate, you have your top price and then you, you, have, you have this range. And not only did the real estate agent say, hey, I've got your top price, but on top of that, I've got you 100 grand extra. God had repaid what they put in only a few weeks back. But the true reward was seeing so many people. I know people now who we met on the streets of Awakening Australia. We witnessed to them, brought them to the stadium. They gave their hearts to Jesus. They are now discipled. They've gone through Bible college um, studies and they're on fire for God. This is the fruit that we look for that will abound in your account, that it is souls. We can't take anything with us when we die. You can't take your favorite watch your favorite hat, it, it, nothing. It, it's just what we do here on earth that builds in eternity in heaven. It's other people that we take with us as well. Amen. Let me just close up with this. Acts 10 verse 2 to 4, verse 30 to 31, verse 44 to 46. I've just had to dissect it a little bit for the interest of time, but you can follow along on the screen. A devout man and one who feared God with all his household. Everyone say, fear God. With all his household, who gave alms, which means uh, he, he gave money, generously to the people and prayed to God always. This is a man who feared God, who gave to the poor, and who prayed to God always, the Bible says. And we, when he observed him, he was afraid and said, what is it, Lord? So he said to him, your prayers and your alms have come up for a memorial before God. 
So Cornelius said, four days ago, I was fasting until this hour. Said, I'll go back a little bit. It says, your prayers and your giving, your arms have gone up for a memorial before God. God sees your giving. Four days ago, I was fasting until this hour. And at the ninth hour, I prayed in my house. And behold, a man stood before me in bright clothing and said, Cornelius, your prayer has been heard and your arms are remembered in the sight of God. This is now three times the Bible is recognizing a a generous man's giving. While Peter was still speaking these words, the Holy Spirit fell upon those who heard the word and those of the circumcision who believed were astonished. So these are the Jews. They were just astonished that it's falling upon the Gentiles. As many as, Pe- as came with Peter because of the gift of the Holy Spirit had been poured out on the Gentiles also, for they heard them speak with tongues and magnify God. Isn't that beautiful? Cornelius, a man not of Jewish descent, he was just considered a Gentile, an outsider at that point, but his heart, his fear of God, his giving and his prayer, his life towards God was recognized by God himself that he is saying, you know what, it's now time for that prophecy from Joel to pour out my spirit on all flesh. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. And perhaps if you were part of that initial gathering where 120 turned to 3,000. It's just Jews at that point. It's just pilgrims. But I don't think they foresaw that it was going to be poured out on Gentiles too. A baptism of the Holy Spirit through a man that was able to usher in and gain the attention of heaven. And God says, I've found a household in which I can trust my true riches, my Holy Spirit. And Father, as we pray right now, with every eye closed and head bowed, we thank you, Jesus, that you're speaking to every heart right now. And Lord, as we come to you and as we pray, Father, would you just speak to us? What would you have us give to you, Lord, so that we will see revival now carried out through 2023, that we will see the greatest outpouring of you, Holy Spirit, that's been prophesied over our nation that we don't want to just watch it from a distance and clap from afar, but God, we want to be part of it. We want to say, we were part of that history. We were part of that prophetic word. The, a great demonstration of your power poured out that will cause revival to spark in this nation, then to go around the world to see the greatest end times harvest that we've ever seen or experienced before. God, we want to be part of that. So would you speak to us right now? Speak to us right now. Still our hearts. Quench those fears. And God, we remember that you are a good God and it is your pleasure to give us your kingdom. It is your pleasure, God, to bless us so that we can be a blessing to others as well. That we would also remember our brothers and sisters in need. I thank you, Lord for our food bank, that we do service the community, that we do give to the poor. But God, individually beyond that, Lord, where we see a brother or sister in need who perhaps don't find it comfortable coming to the food bank, that you would highlight them, that you would give us open and generous hearts to provide and and give them support as well. 
like you've done many, many times through your people as well. So I thank you in advance for what you're going to do. Before we take up a, a, love, a, um, a miracle offering here at the front, can we just get the buckets, uh, the two buckets here ready? But you know, the thing that I love to do the most is really introduce and lead people into a relationship with God. It's not religion we're introducing you to. It's a man himself who walked the earth over 2,000 years ago, who came from his heavenly kingdom, fully God and fully man, who lived a sinless, perfect life. That the Bible says, he who knew no sin became sin. So we may become the righteousness of God, that we may get right with God because without His righteousness, without the forgiveness for our sins that He purchased on the cross for you and me, we will all die and stand before God. I made a joke at at the wedding yesterday. How many weddings, funerals I've done? I've done more weddings than funerals, but at the end of the day, we're all going to have a funeral. That's the reality. We're all going to pass away Isn't that true? When we stand before God, is it heaven or is it hell? Hell is a real place. And I don't get why some preachers don't want to talk about hell. When Jesus warned and talked about hell so many times to make it so sobering for us to make a choice and a decision. The Bible says, I present now before you life and death. Now choose life so that you and your descendants may live. Tomorrow is not promised. You don't know when your time is up. And even if you think you're maybe decades away from dying, why continue to live a life without His presence, without His peace? I sense there's people in the room that you're struggling, that you've been looking for answers, and those answers can only be found in God. So you may have never experienced His love and His forgiveness before, But God is knocking on the door of your heart. And the Bible says, He who opens the door to Him, He will come in and dine with them. The thing with this door is, there's only one handle and it's on the inside. He can't open it and bust in. He's a gentleman and He's waiting for you. Will you open that door to Him? The door of your heart. And He makes it so simple. The Bible says, If you believe in your heart, that He died and rose again and confess with your mouth that He is Lord and then you shall be saved, saved from hell to be with Him forever and eternity. But more than that, it's life and life more abundant here. Jesus said, the enemy comes to steal, kill and destroy. He's been doing that in your life, if you're honest. But Jesus said, I've come to give you life and life more abundant. So with every eyes closed and head bowed right now, If that is you, if you have never asked God to forgive you for your sins or you have in the past and you've walked away and you know it's now time to come home, without anyone looking around, can I just get you to quickly raise your hand? Is there anyone in the room that you know you need to get right with God either for the first time or you're coming back home? Is there anyone in the room? Yeah, I see the hand. Thank you, sir. Is there anyone else? I sense to encourage you in this place. Don't let what it looks like to raise your hand get in the way of getting right with God. What is more important, how you look or your eternity with God? Is there anyone else? Let's all be up standing on our feet.
Let's all just say this prayer together to support those who have raised their hands. And perhaps you didn't raise your hand, but you know you want to get right with God. So you can pray this prayer and get right in your heart with Him right now. And say, Heavenly Father, thank You for being so good, for sending Your Son Jesus to save me from a life of sin that I can't save myself from. I want to say sorry and I ask for forgiveness. I repent, which means to turn away. To turn away from my life of sin and to turn to You. Jesus, enter my heart. Be my Lord and Saviour. All the days of my life, wash me clean and make me brand new. Holy Spirit, I invite you to dwell within me. Lead me, guide me and teach me into a close relationship with our Heavenly Father. Jesus, birth a hunger in my spirit to get to know you through your word. Surround me with a family of believers that will encourage me. That will disciple me, correct me, love me, and be generous to me. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen, amen. Isn't God good? Yeah, let's give those that raise their hands or if you pray that from your heart a clap we can do better than that come on family and I want us to celebrate because the Bible says even if one even if one sinner comes to the Lord heaven rejoices so there is a party in heaven for you sir and for those that have prayed as well thank you for joining us today to learn more about Fire Church head to our website firechurch.com.au and don't forget to connect with us on social media on Instagram fire.church, Facebook, Fire Church, and YouTube, Fire Church TV. Have a blessed week.